0: To another week of the fiber covering podcast we're happy to be here and we're happy you're here we're gonna talk about some yarn stuff and some witchy stuff i'm lauren from valkyrie fibers
1: and i'm emily from kitty with a cupcake
0: hooray oh we just have a teeny bit of news we are currently in October 2021 so we will be having socky content all over the internet where we are We'll be doing sock-themed blog posts on our Patreon and some sock content on our Instagram. So uh, come check it out if you like. Mm
1: -hmm. This week's blog post was uh, talking about our favorite commercial sock yarns. We gave a review of different ones. So Mm -hmm. if you're interested to hear our thoughts on that, join our Patreon. Yay! Sweet. Well, neither of
0: us finished anything this week, but I don't know about you, but I've been doing some knitting. I've done some knitting but not much that you can show. Correct. <laughs> you can talk
1: about it though. Tell me.
0: Tell I, can. me friend.
1: I have been working a lot on my waxing moon shawl because as I've been saying, I'm trying to get the sample done so that I can release mm-hmm. it this month. And I am currently on the hunt. Oh no, I'm on the beaver moon color. So I only have like one and three quarters wedges to go and then I'm done with that so it's really really close but I can't show it because I'm in those later colors I will be spoiling them I will be showing those later colors in the final pattern pictures I'm thinking I'll use the big one as the main photo so no one gets spoiled from the main photo but when you click in the half one with Mm -hmm. all the colors will be in there so everyone participating in the power of the full moon club be aware of that (laughs) I really like the beaver moon colorway I do too Mm -hmm. it's fun to work with I love the little speckles.
0: They make me happy.
1: Yes. It's very nice. So that's where I'm at with that. And the other thing that I can't show you is I'm working on the Hunter Moon pattern for the uh, spell pouch mystery knit along for the power of the Mm -hmm. full moon club. I might have that up and ready to go by tomorrow because I'm kind of cruising on it. So nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Sweet. So
0: I've been jamming through this October. I guess I'll show you my least impressive socks first. I cast on um, some two at a time socks out of a sock blank. And I have some wee baby socks. Oh, they're wee <laughs> and baby. I, I love two at a time socks. There's two little socks on your magic loop setup. Do you know I've
1: never knit two at a time socks? Oh, do you have any desire to? Nope. Really? It seems like a pain in the butt. I don't know why people do it. I would rather just knit one at a time. Oh, I think it's fun. Uh, it's nice because you don't have to
0: replace markers for where you're doing any shaping. You just do it at the same time. Yeah, I understand. And two at a time <laughs> sock or double knit sock blanks. That's what I'm using and it's fun.
1: I've never had a double knit sock blank. You want one? I can. No, I don't I think want to I... do two at a time socks, but thank you. <laughs> Have
0: you ever done two at a time anything like sleeves?
1: No. (laughs) I see the benefit for sleeves because I do struggle with like counting the exact rows to put the shaping in for sleeves. So I see the benefit there, but socks, I have like where the different bits go pretty nailed down. So I don't feel the need to do it at the same time. I feel like the yarn management would slow me down. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy.
0: Hmm. A little bit, but I like it. I need some variety. And I need, because uh, I'm going hard in Soctober, I need different uh, needle setups so that my hands don't get hurty. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So this is, this is for that. <laughs> and how fun is it? Just the sticky little hands and then little funny. socks. Yeah. They're like, gray. They're, they're a light blue and it, okay. it's a transitions from like blue to brown to greeny. I would take it out, but it's kind of big and um Yeah. And I just, I mean, this is for all sock blanks. I love how the yarn looks like ramen noodles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are just for my sweetie. They're just my um, vanilla socks with a bit of ribbing in them that I always do for him. So, yeah, I did those. And I have been jamming on my witches for socks, which are another vanilla-ish socks. These are going to be knee socks. Look at that. I- You're it's so far. Much. I- <laughs> I started. I started the increases this morning. So this is the Sarah Sanderson colorway from Nomadic Yarns, which I loved. I figured, why buy Sarah Sanderson socks if you're not going to make witchy knee socks to stomp around in? Uh, so I'm doing. I'm doing that. I've I've been watching Squid Game, and that uh, that has subtitles, so I need subtitle friendly knitting, and that's been this. So that's why I have like an entire sock up to the increase, the calf increases on some knee highs.
1: Impressive. I
0: love it's this It's really yarn. pretty. It's so pretty, Nomadic. We love Nomadic yarns. And then my last socks, you got it. You got like this. You got like this one. These are the plaid yeah. ones. Cast on the plaid blanket socks by Dana Ray makes. I have oh, the they're so cute. Of, <laughs> I have most of a sock for a a gentleman with feet so wide he has to buy special shoes. They're sweetie. so
1: cute
0: hmm I'm doing the size large. I decided to increase the length of the cuff um, because I'm trying to use up most of my main color. I'm using uh, Pitchfork Fibers, Boogie Wonderland for the main color, and then for the plaid section, which is uh, this cool little clever slip stitch pattern. Uh, I'm using some leftover scraps of Haverland from her Epic Space Opera kits, and this is the Empire Strikes Back inspired one. I love it. It's plaid and... And no, it looks like color work, but you're only ever using one color at a time. So it's really easy. I am through the heel. I did a flap and gusset. I never do flap and gusset anymore. And it's it's coming along good. I have most of a sock about halfway through the foot.
1: Those are adorable. I really like how the uh, yarns are working together. They look really cute and fun.
0: Honestly, I didn't think it would look this good. If it it looks did. Really good. It looks super I am, good. I love it. I showed them to my sweetie when he came home. He's like, oh, those are really wild. And I'm like, I know. Right. <laughs> I'm like, they're not too wild for you. And he's like, no, no, no. But yeah, those ooh, are fun. Ooh, I've been knitting on these like mad. And the texture, I, you, I, if you're not watching this, I'm just like squishing it in my hands. It's just like, oh, texture so good. Ray makes great pattern. I, they have a bunch of great textured socks that I'm going to. I like how the, the slip buncher. stitches
1: of the plaid go down into the heel flap. That's nice. That, that. Did you do that? that I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a little, uh, I like clean lines. So I did that on purpose. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what I've been working on. So I have pretty much, I have two socks that are like well on their way to being done. You're crushing it. I know. Can I get four pairs out in October? I believe in you. I know. We're only one week in, Mm -hmm. so I guess I have time. Yeah. And I have lots of car knitting to do (laughs) coming up soon. We have a little road trip planned. Mm -hmm. I don't really drive that much when we go on road trips. That's great for me. Same. (laughs) Sweet. Did you have anything else you're working on, or should we slide into
1: acquisitions? I have my sock, Oh yeah. So here it is. Ooh, this wow. is my- Look, you're into the foot. I'm into the foot of my problems with pork socks. I did mm-hmm. the net picks Hawthorne, which is topical for this week for the heel flap. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just doing my regular, uh, vanilla top down sock pattern, uh, which is a recipe that you can find in last year's Socktober blog posts, if you're interested and it's looking good. I I've We're watching like Great British Bake Off as it comes out. So I like Mm -hmm. to like watch all the delicious foods being made. So that is where a lot of this progress came from. Speaking of
0: porgs, did you get to the section in Pirate's Price that involves
1: porgs? No, I I need to listen to more of that book. It's so short. I know it's embarrassing. I just keep reading with my eyeballs instead of my ear holes. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of ear hole reading.
0: Mm -hmm. Because I deleted Instagram off my phone. It's giving me like hours back in my day.
1: (laughs) Oh, yay. Now tell me the things you acquired. I acquired Halloween themed makeup. I missed (gasps) out on the Hocus Pocus collection from ColourPop last year and I was sad. So I uh, stocked the update this year. And my aunt was super nice and bought this for me. She actually texted me and was like, what do you want from the thing? And I was like, Oh, I already bought what I (laughs) want. And she was Mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to send you money. Like sweet. Uh, but yes, so this is, I got all three of the, um, lip creams, which Mm -hmm. are themed to each sister. There's hello boys for Sarah Mm -hmm. tonight. We fly. Uh, mm-hmm. For Winifred and Calming Circle for Mary, and I'm wearing Aww. Calming Circle right now. It's really pretty. Uh, it's yeah, it's a nice like warm kind of like
0: mm-hmm.
1: slightly darker than like uh, the Sun Nudes one that I have. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I also got this Forever Bewitching Super Shock Shadow, which is like a really hmm. sparkly eyeshadow. But these lip creams are interesting. Uh, So far, this is the first one I've tried because I've been sick all week. So I haven't really been wearing Mm -hmm. lipstick and Mm -hmm. they're a mixture of lipstick and lip balm. Hmm. So they're really thick. Mm -hmm. I see that. And it went on really wet Mm -hmm. and like I kind of had to like do some stuff to have there not just be like blob like a blob or like a line um mm-hmm. but after I did that it feels nice it feels like mm-hmm. I just have like lip balm on like something moisturizing. Nice. it's like not drying me out at all but I don't mm-hmm. think it ever dries so I think if you don't want like wet color on your lips it might not be for you um mm-hmm but it's something new to try. Uh, The other colors. Oh, actually, I'm going to show you this on the. So all the sisters are on the box, but they all have their brooms on the side and they have the (laughs) vacuum for me. I love that.
0: (laughs) I thought that was really
1: good. But this is the one I'll probably wear most often is the Winifred one, which Mm -hmm. is like a really, really dark, like mauvey purple. It looks kind of plummy almost. Yeah, it is kind of plummy. Uh, Mm -hmm. which I really like that. And then the one that I'm really excited about is the Sarah Sanderson one, (gasps) which is black. And I don't have any lip. I don't have any black lip stuff. So I'm excited for this for spooky season to do some creepy black lips. Yeah. Nice. Look all goth and stuff. I Uh, I want some black too. Yeah. But I started with the, the least loud one. gonna go Mm -hmm. from least loud to most loud for trying it out and i like this one i would definitely wear this one like just around daily like Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be good for having to put a mask over it because it's like always wet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there is that caveat for mask times
0: (sighs) fun times that we live in Mm -hmm. yes indeedy awesome can i tell you about my random bit of history i found for a cult corner yeah. So I started reading this book. I started doing an audio book called Four Lost Cities, and that's where I heard about this. Um, I heard it mentioned. It's not one of the main topics. I heard about Gobekli Tepe, which is the oldest discovered uh, temple made by humans. So I thought that was really interesting. It is in southern Turkey, and Gobekli Teb, uh translates to Potbelly Hill. So it's on a hill. i um, tell you a little bit more about it. It's from the Neolithic era, pre-pottery Neolithic era. So like a long time ago. And the archaeologists estimate that it was made somewhere between 9,000 before Common Era or 80, 90, oh, 9,500 or 8,000 before Common Era. So a long time ago. And Just for reference, this is over a thousand years before the Nile Valley was even settled by humans and about 5,000 years before the pyramids were built was when this monolithic uh, temple in Southern Turkey was built. Like 6,000
1: years before um, this. I have cold brain, so I'm having Stonehenge. mm -hmm. There we go. That's what I'm looking for, Stonehenge. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And it is
0: uh, similar to Stonehenge in the idea that it's monoliths in a circle. Um, But this one is different because the monoliths are T-shaped. So there's like an oblong structure at the top. And they're about, these stone pillars are about 15 feet high. And this was made around the time of the Neolithic Revolution, which was when agriculture started to be developed by humans. And uh, humans started to settle down into villages instead of nomadic lifestyles and archaeologists and historians anthropologists aren't really certain whether the neolithic was um revolution of people said like whether it was a chicken or an egg thing like people settled down and so they started doing agriculture or they started doing agriculture so they started setting down settling down into villages you know they don't really know so at gobekli tab in southern turkey there are three main circles of monoliths of these t-shaped pillars and they're aligned along an interior wall. So there's like a circular wall with these monoliths that are facing inward and it may or may not have had a covering over the top. So you would, and I believe you would have to go through a passageway to go inside to see this. So it would have been lit lit by torches and open fire of some sort. So uh, all the carvings on it would have, uh, with the flickering light, there would have been a little element of movement and wonder for the, people who would come to this, um, temple for spiritual reasons. And there's all kinds of like really beautiful carvings. And some are, some are sculptures that are like full 3d representations of animals. And some are just like relief carvings, which is like what you'd see like in Egyptian walls or something like that. There's all kinds of animals and human parts there's, and there's like some anthropomorphic combinations of human parts and animal parts, but there's no, Uh, entire uh, representations of complete humans, which is interesting. And that also, because there's no complete representations of humans, there's no scenes like you see in Neolithic art of like a hunt going on. So there's no scenes of uh, violence being portrayed, which is interesting. It's mostly just, it's mainly animals and like little parts of humans. But they also think that uh, because these monoliths are T-shaped, the T-shape in itself, might have represented the human form with like the main pillar being the body and the T-shape at the top being the shoulders. And we don't know, there might've been something to represent a head at the top, but there aren't now. So yeah, there's all kinds of um, different animals like you would have seen there and before. And there's apparently some disembodied phalluses that are just carved into the wall, human phalluses and and animal phalluses too. Like apparently the vast majority of all the animals carved are uh, recognizably male, let's say. Uh, the ancient world uh, loved loved carving peans mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you 're at all interested in how much the ancient world liked carving phalluses, I highly recommend the book for lost cities because the the bit on Pompeii no words for how many peens they found in Pompeii mm-hmm. so back to go Go backlittep, the oldest um, temple made by humans there is evidence of human um camping at the site. So there's lots of, of you know trash pits and evidence that humans were there like bones that have been scraped. They can tell people camped there regularly, but there are no permanent structures. Nobody lived there. This was a common site for people in the area to visit and you know observe whatever spiritual practice that they were doing. We still don't know what that was and just see all these wonderful carvings and all this art and this this monumental architecture by ancient people. Uh, but they did not live there. That's about all I could find on the old Google box about Gobekli Teb, but I highly recommend uh, giving it a Google so you can see some of this really cool art made by people long, long time ago, like thousands of years before the pyramids, like before the people who would build the pyramids even settled the Nile, which is just crazy to me that they were building monoliths. circles. They're really big. Yeah, it's (laughs) so impressive. Mm -hmm. And uh, to this day, uh, Gobekli Tepp is a UNESCO World Heritage Site.
1: Cool. Uh, I saw one little tidbit when I was just doing some preliminary research with they don't know like why or what God it was representing or like what the religious practices were there. But one guess is that it was something to do with Sirius, the dog star, because Mm. the pillars like line up with where it is in the sky. And it would have been soon after the dog star appeared in the sky. Interesting. Uh, like, it, so it was potentially like a new star. So some people have guessed that like, this was a religion formed around that star appearing because suddenly there was a new bright star in the sky.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The main focus of the the book where I heard this uh, about this temple was, was about, um, A proto city that was close by to this. And in that city, there was a lot of animal worship. And some of the theories were people that lived in this region at that time were only a a generation or two removed from a nomadic lifestyle. And so, as they were starting to consider settling down, and in some cases, actually settling down, they were trying to maintain that connection to animals that they would have had in their nomadic lifestyle by putting representations of them and, you know, skulls and skeletons in their, in their homes. And like you said, you see this in the, in the carvings, in the, in the temple, they're, they're just animals like vultures and aurochs and all sorts of cool ancient, ancient animals with boners. <laughs> <laughs> it just cracks me up. Ancient peoples loved boners. I guess people today still love them, you know. What can you do
1: we're just also ashamed (laughs) by them because of the puritans are everyone's favorite (laughs) i know yeah people have parts we should get
0: used to knowing what they look like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yeah definitely go check out uh gobekli tab which is the oldest uh, discovered to date temple made by humans so old cool very old I guess that brings us into shameless self-promotion. And uh, I'm going to have an update on the 10th, which is next Sunday. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, that's the date. And I'm going to have a restock of my Progress colorway, which is the Progress Pride flag. I'm going to have it on High Twist BFL as well as um, matte sock. Got that right here. And I'm also going to have my Shira inspired sock blanks. I will have Swift Wind. I think it turned out really good. I like that they one. It all turned out nice. I have Mermista here, which is like watery, minty colors with blues and uh, black and gold speckles. I have Perfuma, which is a buttery yellow base with minty and pink speckles. And I have Intrepta, which is kind of like a grungy off-white base like little gray tones with like different shades of purple we have plummy purples we have more kind of amethysty purples and pink speckles and some black speckles and then I also have just a random non-hero one that I did that's this cool just kind of blue with little patches of like orangey stuff it's kind of a nebulous nebulous celestial looking it turned Mm -hmm. out cool This one's kind of ocean-y. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's got some black speckles too. Lots of blues. Very blue. So I'll have these single knit sock blanks in the shop on the 10th. Great. Yeah. And then you had a reminder for anybody.
1: If you have backed my Kickstarter, (laughs) I have sent out the backer kit survey and it would be extremely helpful to me if you would fill that out as quickly as possible, because then I can place the pin orders and then the pins will be being made and they will come faster. So the faster everyone fills that out, the faster the pins get made. So please fill out your backer kit survey. If you have not Message me on Kickstarter or Instagram, if you can't find yours, I will help you. Uh, but yes, if everyone could fill that out, that would be super awesome. Still a hundred people who haven't filled it out. So can't place the pin order yet. Yes,
0: indeed. Wonderful. Well, Thank you so much for spending your time with us for another week. If you want to find us anywhere around the internet, just go to fibercoven.com and that'll direct you to either our Patreon. If you're interested, either of our Etsy shops, uh, our personal Instagrams, all that good stuff. Please come hang out with us on the internet. And until next week, Kevin, keep making yarn and magic. Bye. Bye.